at the end of service, we're going to have communion, and I, I believe we'll we'll start to get new energy, a new life, new power, a boost to our faith, faith to continue to believe for the turnaround, for the improvement, for the the exceptional that God wants to do for us. Uh, there is so much stored up for us that He wants to release, but He's got to use our faith to do it. Your faith gives Him permission. To park it in your driveway, to bring it to your front door, amen, to to walk you down the aisle with that person. You understand what I'm saying? Your faith is going to do that, amen. You're looking for it. It's not going to make it happen, but your faith will definitely make it happen, amen. So, so we're believing God, right? We're still believing God. We're believing God for turnarounds on everything and for improvement and increase, amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne. We we love you. We honor you. And we thank you, Father, to give us mercy and give us grace to help us in our time of need. We understand, Father, that you are the great God who keeps covenant and mercy. And, and it's just that mercy is just everything, Lord. It's everything. So we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. We're going to continue with what we were speaking about yesterday and the fact that his blood speaks mercy. Amen. Uh, mercy really is a term that's used. Uh, it, 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 uh, it really describes a situation where a person has the power to govern over you and withhold goods from you. But mercy says that they decide to grant to you what you are asking for in spite of your qualifications, in spite of your uh, deserving it, despite, you know, in spite of everything. Uh, they just decide to grant it to you uh, for no good reason. Amen. Uh, because you have been graced to be able to have favor in that person's eyes. And what really gives us favor is the blood of Jesus. That's your biggest source of favor in your life. The fact that you have accepted him as your Lord and your Savior, and that blood is doing a work in your life. It has done a work uh, for you on behalf of, uh, in, in God's presence. It's done a work for you. Uh, that blood is speaking on your behalf. It is a witness and it gives testimony to who you are and what God thinks about you and, and what God wants for you uh, and what God has done for you. And so the blood has has totally paid for everything that we need and and it continues to pay for what we need. Every every single ounce of mercy, every single ounce of healing, uh every single ounce of of improvement in our situation has been paid for already by the blood of Jesus. And so out of that, God expects us to um, agree with him in the way that we think about our lives and the way that we think about him and the way we think about everything. Uh, we are to now speak heaven's language about our situations. So no longer can we call ourselves sinners. No longer can we call ourselves sick. No longer can we call ourselves poor. We are rich and rich in all of the things that are needed for life and for godliness. 
So if, if godliness is your problem, you just can't seem to get it together to uh, live right and live right consistently, the blood has paid for that. It's paid for you to live consistently right before God. And not to think of yourself as a failure. Amen? But begin to think of yourself as someone who has overcome. And because of the blood, the blood has overcoming power in it as well. So it changes us and it changes our outlook on ourselves. It changes who we, how we see ourselves uh, in relation to God, to the world, to other people. Uh, to our families, to our communities, all of that. Uh, it changes you into the person that God has always ordained for you to be. And, and we have to allow that change to take place. It's not something that you can make happen. It's something you allow God to do in you. Uh, and through patience and through faith, you begin to step into your inheritance. You don't get it all at one time. Uh, you know, I always tell people I'm a lot uh, friendlier, nicer, kinder. Uh, I do a lot less sinning than I did last year. You know, every year I get better at, at walking with God and being the person God has called me to be. Uh, but you have to make a determination that, that what God says about you is true. And that's how you're going to live your life. You're just going to live your life for God. Sometimes sowing in tears means resisting, uh, doing things that you know God doesn't approve of. You know, it'll break your heart sometimes if you, you know, you think about things that you really, really want to do. And you know, God's put a restriction on you. Like some things are totally forbidden by God. We're not allowed to do them. And so, and he, because he can't look upon sin, he can't bless your life while you're in sin too. And so those things will break you if your heart is really set on some things, you know. Uh, there are people who have friends that they are just crazy about and want to be around. But, you know, every time you get around those people, you take a step down. They don't elevate you. They tend to degrade you. And God wants us to be elevated. All How are you going to believe him for miracles if you don't think much of yourself? You see? And so it starts with our new identity. The blood has paid for us to have a new identity. Amen? You know, sometimes if you know you struggle financially, you need to look in the Bible and say, God, show me how rich I am today. Show me how wealthy I am today. Show me what's mine. Show me what belongs to me today. And begin to erase that old image of yourself. Erase that old mentality. Because you are rich. The Bible says that. Amen? He has made us rich in all things. He gives us all things richly to enjoy. Amen? So there's nothing being withheld from us because the blood is paid for all of that. See, it's annihilated not only your sin, but your sin nature, your desire to sin, your desire to disobey, your desire to walk your own way. You know, it puts a curb and a restriction on us that you can't just easily override. You understand what I'm saying? You you can't easily just say, well, I'm just going to disobey God. You know, you, you, you have a tough time with it now that he's in your life. You know, you might get tempted to do some things here and there, but man, there's a big heavy price to pay for it when you, when you cross that line. God has a line on all of us that we can't cross. And because once you get over there, there's no turning back sometimes. You know, you just go down that road and people have to say goodbye to you because we're walking on with God. 
Amen. We're toughing it out and walking with God and doing the things that are pleasing in his sight, not in our sight, not in your children's sight, not in your husband's or wife's sight, your family's sight, but do what's pleasing in his sight. Amen. And it'll cost you. It'll cost you the approval of men. It'll cost you acceptance uh, by certain people to obey God. And and so we, we have to face these things as believers. But when you know you please God, you realize, man, it's worth it. Because mercy flows into your life like never before. Doors open for you like never before. Things that God wants for you um, come easily to you once you're on that right path of walking with him. And it, it comes no other way. And so God wants us to to be on that path of mercy at all times. So that mercy means that there's no judgment against you. None whatsoever. God is not interested in punishing the blood bought. In fact, punishment has been canceled. Judgment has been canceled. Amen. So if things get tough, it's not because God doesn't approve of you. You know, well, not usually. If you're obedient, I'll put it that way. It's not because God doesn't approve of you. It's that he is testing you, allowing your faith to be tested. What are you going to do now? He wants people down here with strong faith. He doesn't want us with the faith that uh, shrinks back the minute something difficult happens. You know, when, when something comes up and it doesn't quite go your way, you know, you start fainting all over the place. And he doesn't want people with that kind of faith. He wants people to say, well, God, you knew this was coming. I'm going to stand up and look for your direction. I'm going to look for your answer because I know it's there. You're not surprised in this, and I'm not either. And I'm going to hide my shock and and my awe from from everybody. And I'm going to tough it up and suck it up and just go on and expect you to come through for me. Amen? No matter how long it takes. And so when your faith is being tested, it's really because God wants to move you on to something greater. You know, we don't really understand that many times. And it, it doesn't really help when you're going through it. You know, people come up to you and say, oh, God's preparing you for something great. I'm not really. <laughs> Amen. Because you, you don't rejoice in these things. The Bible says that. And even when we go through a test, it's not pleasant. At the time we go through, in fact, it's pretty grievous sometimes. They say, but at the end of it, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness. So God wants us to move on to greater righteousness where where things that used to be obstacles don't even come in your way anymore. They just they're just not a problem anymore because you know that God has taken care of it and you rest in that level of faith. You rest in that level of trust in him that he wants the best for us and he gives mercy to whomever he wants to give mercy. But goodness and mercy follow those who are led by him all the time. So goodness and mercy are looking for you. Amen. They really are. They are, they're coming after you very, very, they're pursuing you. Mercy and goodness are in hot pursuit of you if you're led by God. Amen? That's part of the 23rd Psalm where the Lord is your shepherd and you're, he's leading you and you're following him and you're not taking your little detour and running off somewhere and then come back later and act like you've been there all the time. You know, you know what I'm saying? I hope God didn't miss me. I know I took a little detour off there. 
you know, you just repent and come on back. He he forgives. And this is the great part about his mercy. His mercy endures forever. He's a loving and forgiving God. So we're going to look at some situations where people cried out to God for mercy. Uh, because And see how that turned out for them. Because uh, I can tell you this much. Mercy will always get the job done. It'll get you in the throne room. It'll get you before God. It will get you free. It will, it will do everything that needs to be done. You know, mercy will do it sometimes when faith fails. Amen. The Bible says when we're faithless, what? He remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. And so when we understand the role of mercy and the role that, that it has in our lives and in our faith, I think we can rest more comfortably. You know, that thought, when when it starts dawning on you that, that you feel like you haven't made any progress in, in X number of time. It's the time factor starts bugging us sometimes. You know, we're looking at stuff. We want to get it. We want to get it now. We want to get it over with. We don't want to wait anymore. And when we start letting that kind of stuff uh, enter into our thought life, and it'll kind of want to hinder you or make you doubt God or make you doubt yourself. You know, do I really believe? Did God really tell me he was going to do this? You understand what I'm saying? Uh, God wants us to rely on his mercy at times like that. Mercy says, I don't do everything right. I don't have to do everything right. God smiles on me anyway because he loves me and he forgives me because of his blood. Amen. It takes the pressure off of you to do everything perfectly to feel like you earn something from God. Amen. Uh, we're not earning anything. In fact, when we obey God, we're just doing what's expected. That's, there's nothing extraordinary that we're doing here. Uh, even your giving, your sacrificial giving, even the time that you spend in serving God, it's, it's what's expected of you. Uh, and, and it's nothing great and it's nothing grand. It's like when you, you know, as parents, you know, you look at, you tell all your children to clean up after themselves. And, and some of them will do it just dutifully, automatically, and some of them will lag for a little bit. But they're all expected to do it. You know, the laggers don't get any more, you know, uh, glory or, or encouragement than the ones who do it willingly. Amen? Now, kids may see it differently. They think, well, I did mine and he didn't do his. How come he gets to have so-and-so and such-and-such? And so you have to tell them and teach them about expectation. You know, I expect you to do this. I'm glad you do it without struggling. But you're just expected to do it. You know, it's nothing, nothing extraordinary. And I think once we start to get the right perspective of our lives in God and understand that the blood has given us the ability to do good things by annihilating any kind of stumbling blocks in front of us, annihilating any hindrances. So now we got a clear path into the throne room. We got a clear path into our blessings. So we have no excuse. Amen. For not believing God, for not trusting Him, not holding on, letting patience work us into that place where we are, are peaceful about our, our promises and so forth and so on. And God wants us to live like that. So in, in, uh, I think it's Mark chapter seven we want to go to. And this is a story about the Syrophoenician woman. Amen. Who cried out for mercy. Amen. She cried out for mercy. Amen. 
in verse 24 in 7 it says, uh, and from thence he arose and went to the borders of Tyre and Sidon and entered into a house and would have no man know it, but he could not be hid. Amen. The anointing makes you obvious. Amen. It makes you stand out. You know, you don't have to go on Facebook and tell everybody God called you and how anointed you are. You know, when you're anointed, that's your calling card. It automatically announces you. Amen. And so he says, for a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit, heard of him and came and fell at his feet. And the woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by nation. And she besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. And Jesus said to her, let the children first be filled, for it is not good to take the children's bread and cast it unto the dogs. And she answered and said to him, yes, Lord, yet the dogs under under the table eat of the children's crumbs. And he said, for this saying, go your way, the devil is gone out of your daughter. And when he was come to, when she was come to her house, she found the devil gone and her daughter laid in, in, in the bed. In Matthew chapter five, we see the same story. Different, different words are stressed in each story. In Matthew chapter five. Starting in verse 22, I think it is. 15, I'm sorry, Matthew 15. And verse 22, and verse 21. And Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. Now these were Gentile countries. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David, My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. And he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she is crying after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It's not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. And she said, True, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. And Jesus answered and said to him, O woman, great is your faith. Be it unto you even as you will. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Now, one of the things I think we need to see here is that mercy is not a substitute for faith. It's not a substitute for faith. She asks him here, he said, uh, Lord, thou son of David, in verse 22, my daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. Have mercy on me. When he doesn't say anything to her, that does not mean that mercy has not been given her. Excuse me. Boy, that was loud, huh? Could have at least moved the mic out of the way. <laughs> Amen. But, but when she asks for mercy, he grants it to her by not telling her, by not walking away from her and not just uh, 
canceling her out. As long as you have God's attention, mercy is being given to you. Amen. So once we begin to pray or we begin to talk to God about something, mercy is being extended to us. He is merciful to whom he is merciful, but his mercy endures forever on those who seek him and those who are humble to him. So when you're saved and you have a covenant with God, mercy is always available to you. He will hear you. The fact that he hears your prayers means that mercy is being afforded to you. He doesn't hear everybody's prayers. He doesn't hear the prayers of the wicked. He doesn't hear the prayers of the sinner. Now, he can have mercy on whomever he'll have mercy. But but we have a covenant of mercy, which means that mercy is granted to us every single hour, every single minute of every single day. We're never outside of God's mercy. He always hears us. He always responds to us. He always comes to our aid. Now, this woman is really is not in the category of his covenant people. So she's not entitled to his mercy, but he grants it to her anyway because she asks for it. And there is something in the way that she is asking that gets his attention, attention so that he can go a little further and probe for faith. When we start to deal in things with God, it's not, he doesn't hear us because our faith is perfect every single time. He is developing our faith. And with her, it's the same thing. He's developing her faith. So when you first start out praying to God for something, your faith may not be perfect in every way. You know, don't worry about it. We always talk about, you know, we want the faith of Abraham and we we have Abraham's faith. And we're Yeah, it's available to you, but you don't walk in it all of the time. Your faith really starts out like a mustard seed. It starts out pretty small. But if you will use it and keep using it and keep using it, it will grow with use. And we'll see that here with this woman. He answered her not a word after she said, have mercy on her on me. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. He answered her not a word. And his disciples came and wanted him to send her away. In fact, they thought she didn't deserve mercy. But that doesn't stop him from giving it to anybody. The fact that you or anybody else doesn't think that you deserve mercy will not stop God from giving it to you. Or anybody else for that matter. You know, sometimes we kind of like judge people and, and think, you know, well, God, they don't do anything for God. They haven't done this and haven't done that. And then God gives them a breakthrough and an answer to their prayer. And so they're living on the same mercy that we're living on. Amen. Except we have a continual flow of mercy with the sinner. It's intermittent. It's as God sees fit, as God sees. And God is trying to teach people how to trust him. I don't care what kind of situation you're in, saint or sinner. God is using mercy to teach us how to trust him and how to serve him and give our lives over to him. So it doesn't really matter what situation you're in. Mercy kind of is the great equalizer for everybody. It brings us all into the presence of God. It brings us all into the notice of God. It brings us all into relationship with God where he can answer a prayer or bless our lives. And this woman really isn't asking for herself. She's more asking for her daughter. Her daughter is the one 
that is being uh, tormented by the devil, and she needs the help. And so there's two things going on here. There's a, a woman's anxiety that she's concerned about her daughter, and then there's the daughter's situation where she's not in a good state either. And so Jesus has to bring this situation around to a level of faith where he can come in and hit a home run for this family. He can get both of them. He can get the mother uh, peaceful and hopeful again, and he can get the daughter healed and get her out of the, the devil's torment. And so when he answered not a word, it was because there was nothing for him to say to her. Amen? There was no response he can give. Because really, if she trusted Jesus... She would have it, have more confidence in him. There's something lacking in what she says. There's not enough confidence there for Jesus to come and give her what he, what she's asking for right now. And it's the same way with us. When we start out praying for different things, we don't think that's the situation. We want to believe our faith is perfect every time. And there's nothing wrong with believing that and thinking that. But there are times when God has to extend our journey out a little bit to strengthen our faith. He has to have our faith meet a few obstacles because if we had, if we went straight into everything the way we are, you know, your, your walking by faith changes you. It, it changes you into a, a, a more spiritual person, a stronger person spiritually. You know, even though we all think we're, we're good like the, the way we are, there are things that, that need to transpire in us. God wants people down here that can live every day for him, not just living for the instantaneous. Anybody can live for the instantaneous. He wants people who are going to serve him just like he served the Father. It wasn't easy for Jesus every day. In fact, it was pretty tough for him. Every day that he got up, he had to face people that hated him, wanted to kill him, tried to kill him several times. Amen? And so these are things that, that we will have to walk in as well. Amen? As servants of his, because we're not above the Master. And so Jesus wants us to, he wants us to have the whole package, not just stuff. Amen? If you're stuck on stuff, come on now. You know, it's, I was looking, I said, Lord, I'm old enough to be over stuff. You, you understand what I'm saying? You, you get a certain age and stuff shouldn't be moving you that much anymore. At least I don't think so. You ought to have it within you that God's, he's taking care of me every day. You got up and what did you do? The first thing you did was you opened your eyes and you breathed. And so you, you stuff is kind of secondary to the fact that he kept you alive all night long. Amen. And he broke you up healthy. You could move. You could get up and you could expect to do things. And so he wants us to live in the realm beyond things, beyond stuff, beyond, you know, once you get a hang of your job, every job has a system. If you, if you don't go in there one day drunk and just tear everything up, you'll get your promotion. Amen. You'll get to the next level. You'll get your, you know, if you're looking for to expand your business, you'll get good customers. You'll get it. It's all coming to you. Amen. But but we can't get stuck on stuff because God is after something else in the life of the believer. Now, with this Syrophoenician woman, her stuff was important. Her things were important to her because that's the way heathens live. 
You know, they, they're after, what am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? What am I going to wear? I want my health. I want this. I want that. It's not wrong to want health. Amen? It's very important. That's why Jesus paid for it already. But but you, you've got to look at what God is doing besides that. What's he doing? He's teaching you his ways. He's teaching you how to trust him. He's teaching you how to put aside certain things and learn how to live out of the realm of the spirit where everything is available to you, but you don't have it all yet. You got me? It's, it's that, that balance between having assurance of God's love and his provision and his, his desire to bless you incredibly and not seeing anything in the natural and being very satisfied, being very content there. And that's what he's looking for. He's looking for contentment no matter where we are, no matter our situation. You know, there may be some difficult days ahead for all of us. You know, you don't know what's coming. The Bible says in the world you'll have trouble. This is not going to be easy all the time. But you can be of good cheer. In fact, he demands that we be of good cheer. Why? Because you know it's going to end at some point. You know, bad times don't last forever. And they're not going to last forever for any of us. So God guarantees that for us. Amen? And this Syrophoenician woman is looking for the same kind of guarantee. You know, she has a certain envy of the Jew because they can go to the son of David and ask for mercy. And that's what she decides she's going to do. She said, no, I'm not going to let this man get away. He's my only hope. And I'm going to let him know that I need him and I need so much of what he has. Amen. And so he says, says he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and wanted to send her away. And they said that. And Jesus then answered and said, I am not sent, but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Amen. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. She refuses to give up. See, Jesus has already told her he didn't come for her. I don't want you. I don't have anything for you. I mean, how much more of a refusal can you get? God has refused her. Amen. But she knows something about God. She knows that if she stays in the fight, she's going to get what she's looking for. And we all have to have that attitude, folks. You can't ever take it, well, because I'm saved, I should have this. Because I'm saved, I should have that. No, you've got God's mercy, and his mercy opens the door for your faith to work. So you've still got to do things by faith. Your your faith is not um, exempted because of God's mercy. Uh, his mercy isn't like, uh, you know, uh, uh, free candy. You know, you just get your free candy because God is merciful. No, when God is merciful, he opens you up to receive to him, but you must still use your faith. Can't ever go lax on your faith. You've got to, to stay in the hunt with your faith. And this lady is finding it out. In fact, she's smarter uh, many, than many of the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As Jesus did Many, many miracles in many of the cities where the Jews lived. And a few, like handfuls of them, believed and followed him. 
In fact, he condemned many of the cities where he did miracles. He said, if if the miracles that I did for you had been done in Sodom and Gomorrah, they repented a long time ago. And so we, we have to understand that God still requires faith. And I think that's what's lacking sometimes. You know, if we pray a prayer and, and we think that prayer is going to do, you know, and, and uh, brother so-and-so said, if you pray more than once, it's unbelief. You know, this lady would tell you that ain't true. Because every time she asked, her faith increased. Amen. And so her faith is hitting the same brick wall and the same obstacle that ours faces every single time. Your faith is going to hit some stuff. It can't move right away. And the question is, what are you going to do? Are you going to be persistent like this woman is? Or are you going to faint? Are you going to say, God, I don't know what's wrong or tell me what's wrong? Or, you know, if God doesn't tell you something else to do, keep doing what you're doing. Only do it with more zeal. Do it with more um, uh, fervor. Amen. The, the Bible says the effectual fervent prayers of the righteous avail much. Sometimes your prayers don't have any oomph to them. You know, they don't have any, uh, I call it desperation, desire, want, gotta have, whatever it is. There's, there's gotta come up something in you that tells God, I'm, I'm serious about this and I'm not gonna take no for an answer. Amen? Uh, there is a way in you that I can get this and get it done. And I'm gonna stick with that. I'm not gonna quit on it. Amen? And so he tells her no. Really, in verse 24, I'm only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and said, in, in, in her thinking, I'm thinking she's thinking, uh, well, if that's true, what do, what do the lost sheep of Israel do? They worship him. So she figures she'd try that. Amen. You ever tried different things? You ever had something that didn't work and you weren't sure this other thing was going to work and you tried it anyway? And that's what she's doing here. She's doing the same thing we do. We keep trying different things. You know, we go and find somebody else's tape or somebody else's book or somebody else's teaching. And we, you know, look at that and see what that's going to do. All of these things are ways that we are trying to increase our faith. We're trying to win God's approval. Amen. Because we know that if our faith pleases him, amen, that that he's going to respond in the right way. And there's nothing wrong with with trying to see if something different that you might try might please God. Amen. Because it's it's what we're after. It's after pleasing him with our faith. And so she says, he says, it's not right to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. Now, he talks about healing, promises, uh, deliverance as being bread for God's children. In other words, we are supposed to partake of health every day. Amen. You can partake of health every day if you receive it. God, I thank you. I'm healed. I thank you, Lord. I'm healed now. I thank you, Lord. I'm healed right now. See, that belongs to covenant children. Sinners don't wake up thinking like that. They're not going to say anything like that. And a lot of believers don't either. But we can, and we're supposed to, and it's available to us. And so if if you want health, you, you need to start receiving it from God, using your faith to get it. Amen. 
this will stop a lot of this running to, you know, getting supplements and paying $50 a month for a bunch of pills that you don't even know do anything for you. You know, you read on the bottom of some of these supplements, what are they, that's the great disclaimer uh, uh, business. And, and the, the efficiency of this has not been proven. On the bottom in bottles, everything that has not been proven, has not been proven. But people will put a lot of money into them. But if you're a child of God, you should be claiming yours by faith every day. You claim your health every single day. Amen. And receive your bread. Lord, I thank you that healing is the children's bread. Thank you for my daily bread today. Thank you I have my bread of health today. And I have it right now. And allow that word to work for you. So he says it's not right to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. And she says, truth, Lord. Every time you look up and hear what she says, amen, she starts, start out, she said in verse 22, Son of David, my daughter is grievously vexed. Have mercy on me. He didn't answer her. They said, send her away. And and he says, I'm not sent but to the lost sheep of Israel. Well, she didn't take that for an answer. She came back with a response. And this is the way you have to do. Every time you think your health isn't coming or every time you think you have a bad day or every time you think you got to come back with the word to God, and respond to your situation. You can't let that no be the final answer, even if you think it's coming from God. When he deals with his covenant people, the answer is never no. We hear no because it hasn't come yet. See, you think it's a no because you haven't received it yet. But the answer is never no. Amen? The answer is always yes. So you got to stick with that. The answer is always yes. God, you've already given it to me. Why am I worried? Why am I concerned about it? Why am I going on and on about this? Why can't I just accept what you say all the time? Well, it'd be nice if we could, but there's a devil running around out there that wants to discourage you. And then there's your own carnal mind that hasn't been renewed yet in the word of God. There are thoughts that we have that, that, Tell us that it's it's never going to get any better. It hasn't happened in all this time, and it's never going to change. And then suddenly one day God just shows up and changes everything. Amen? He'll prove you wrong. He'll prove everybody else wrong. Everybody that told you you weren't going to get it, he'll prove them all wrong. Because he's a faithful God. He wants us to have what he says is ours. And it's up to us to be persistent in our faith. You could at least be as persistent as this sinner woman is. Amen? She doesn't even have a covenant with God if she stays with it. Why? Because she believes God has the power to do it. If you know he has the power to do it, you stick with him because he's got power. He doesn't have to like you. He don't have to love you. He don't have to be nice to you, but he's got the power to do it. Amen? And that's why she stays with him. Amen. So he tells her, it's not right for me to take their bread and give it to you. And she says, yeah, that's true, Lord. See, she doesn't disagree with him. Amen. When God tells you something, just agree with it. 
whether you like the sound of it or not. Amen? Because he's telling the truth. She said, yeah, you know, you're right about that. She said, but I got a dog at my house. And if I'm happen to be eating and he finds some crumbs on the floor, there he is. Amen? Beck, he eats them up before I can even know he's got them. So that's what she's expecting to happen for her. Amen? She's expecting them crumbs to start flying and she's going to grab them. And so he lets her know that, you know, okay, you convinced me. You convinced me that you, that you really believe what I, what, what I can do for your daughter. You believe it. Even after all those obstacles, you believe it. Amen? It's amazing how many Christians walk away from, from the church, church people, from God, because they're angry and frustrated because they don't think God's going to do what he's already done for them. See, if they can get on the right page and know what he's done it already, they would hang in there. But what many people are calling faith is really not faith at all. Amen. It's a want to. It's a strong want, but it's not Bible faith. Faith says you have it already. Amen. You received it when you prayed. And it was never taken back from you. That was never canceled. So God gave it to you at the time you asked for it. And there are many times, you know, we don't have to just ask for things. It'll come into your heart that God wants you to have it. And you start thanking him for it. And so this faith has to be expressed, though. You've got to express your faith. You've got to let your faith start to to tell. Uh, the story for you instead of you telling the story all the time. You gotta let your faith start talking. And that's what this woman did. She, she, and Jesus couldn't say a thing. After she expressed that, he says, Oh woman, great is your faith. Let it be unto you even as you desire. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. But, but what I want to point out to you is the fact that she didn't get anything when she first approached him. Amen. And it's not because she was a sinner. It was because her faith was not up to the quality that God needed for him to be pleased with it. But he worked with her. He continued to work with her. And that's the important thing that we need to know. No matter what shape your faith is in, God is working with you. Amen. And you've got to believe that and you've got to understand that. He is not outside of you telling you no that you can't have it. He's already given it to us. He's already allowed us access into his throne room. When you go into the throne room of God, it's always yes. You don't go in there to get a no. Amen. Why? Because the blood is on the mercy seat already. The blood beats you to the throne room. Amen. It put itself on the mercy seat on your behalf long before you needed it. Long before you even knew you were saved and needed God to do something for you. Mercy was already working in your life. And so God wants us to rely on his mercy because his blood speaks mercy all of the time. He spoke it for this woman and he will speak it for you. Amen. Just just because he wants us to have all of the things that we desire in life. This woman had had faith, but she kept hammering away. She made up her mind she was going to get it. And I think we need to be that determined. 
Sometimes we get a little too passive about things that we're believing God for. You know, I, I remember uh, I was listening to Normal Hayes uh, preaching, and he was saying, uh, he kept stressing every day, every day, every day, every day, every day, every day. And he said, he said, you need to go to God and thank him every day. He said, and I'll tell you this, he said, if you go a day and forget to thank him, he'll forget to give it to you. You got me? And so he really, he's adamant about that because he knows it works. And he knows many times that what is missing in, in, in Christians is that persistence. So just like we see this woman with the daughter, she was persistent and we see it like just in one story. It's in one situation. But this, put yourself in this situation. This may go on for months or for years that you're still believing God for something and it hasn't shown up yet. And so God wants you to know that it is coming if you will persist in it. So don't let a day go by without thanking God for what he's doing. Spend some time worshiping. You know, just sit yourself down for, you know, five or ten minutes and and spend some time with him and thank him for things that you have. God, I have it now. I receive it now. It's mine now. Health is mine now. Healing is mine now. My new mode of transportation is mine now. My debts are all paid off now. I thank you for it, for in the now. And, and it won't be long before God will start moving those things in your possession. Why? Because your faith is expressed in your thanksgiving. You know, you, you don't have to quote a whole lot of scripture to God. But just worship him and thank him for the, all the good things. Thank him for the old and the new. You know, if you run out of things to thank him for, if you can't think of anything to thank him for, just continue to thank him and continue to express your appreciation uh, at him, that, that he's a good God. I thank you, Lord, that your mercy is so real in my life. I didn't have to get up this morning, but you got me up. You saw fit to wake me up, and you woke me up for a reason, Are you because your mercy is there for me. And so when you put on your house shoes, it, look at them as mercy shoes. Lord, I put on my mercy shoes this morning. I'm expecting your mercy to follow me everywhere I go today. There is not a situation that that will come up that I can't get your mercy from. Amen? I, I can't get your favor from. I thank you, Lord, for the big and the small. You know, sometimes we get uh, uh, behind in our thanksgiving. And, and, you know, I've experienced that many times. I'll think about it. And I say, oh, Lord, I, I, I would think I, I she did something for me. And, and I was just thinking about it a few minutes ago before I came in. Um, I went to a store. There's like a family dollar store, like across the street from my street. And I, I go in there off and on. And I went in there one time and I picked up something. I, I think it was. It was something I had been looking for, and they had one one bottle of it sitting there. And I thought, oh, Lord, thank you. I, here it is. I get to the cash register, and the cashier says, I can't sell this to you. And I looked at her. I said, well, why not? And she said, it's not ours. And it was, I don't know how they get merchandise from family, somebody else. But she went to scan it, and it didn't scan. And she said, I can't sell it to you. I said, well, can you give it to me? 
She said, yeah. <laughs> so she gave it to me. And I thought about that some days later, and I said, Lord, I forgot to thank you for that. I said, I got that free. I said, first, I thought I wasn't going to find it because it was hard to find. I said, then it shows up, and the devil tries to stop me at the cash register. And so she just looked at me, and she said, yeah. And so... <laughs> You know, we had our, we had our product that we wanted. And so these are the things that mercy, this is what I mean when I say extreme mercy. And it's putting your, your feet into your shoes and knowing that mercy is taking you everywhere that you go that day. Mercy will get you, you, uh, things that, that you really, really need, that you're desperate from. Small things and big things, uh, they come with the mercy of God. But you must use your faith. See, if I had looked at that lady and just shrugged and say, oh, well, okay. But no, faith said, ask for it anyway. You see, don't take no for an answer. Amen. She might have not known how to charge it to me, but she knew how to give it to me. Amen. And so these are the things that, that God will show us that your his mercy does for us every single day. It puts you in the place of favor with people. It puts you in a place where people don't say no to you. Amen. Don't ever get afraid of people. Don't ever be afraid that that somebody has power uh, that God can't turn their heart towards you to give you the things and release to you the things that you need. And God wants us to always trust him. He wants us always to rely on him uh, for the good things that he wants to bring into our lives. So it's a good thing to trust God in all things. Amen. All things at all times. Uh, we are to trust him. So I want to give us one more example. To turn to Mark chapter 10. And we'll see, we're talking about persistent faith and the mercy of God. See, mercy opens the door for you to use your faith, but you've got to use your faith. Once you get in the door, you've got to use your faith. And the Holy Spirit will show you how to use your faith. He's with you there. He's your coach. He's your your cheerleader. He's the one who's um, urging you to go forward. Uh, anytime you are using your faith, you are going forward. Amen. You, you just have to understand that. Uh, you may not look like you may not be seeing anything in the natural. You just got to trust that you're going forward. Amen. So in Mark chapter 10, we see a blind man. Amen. In verse 46, it says here, they came to Jericho and as he went out of Jericho, with his disciples and a great number of people. When many places Jesus went, there were so many people, it, it usually a big crowd will work against you. Amen. Uh, sometimes it'll work for you. So the woman with the issue of blood, it worked for her. Amen. She was able to hide herself and receive her healing undetected. And that was great. And so we we need to understand that these crowds are there for a reason. Amen. God uses them one way or the other. A great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. So here's the same cry that he has, amen, and he says, and many charged him that he should hold his peace. 
But he cried all the more a great deal, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Your faith lets you know that this is your chance to be blessed. Amen. When he cried out in faith, that faith made him determined to keep working, even though people told him to shut up. So even though there's opposition to what God is telling you to do, if you will continue to cry out, your faith will tell you not to quit. It'll tell you to quit, keep pressing. It won't let you stop. It'll wake you up in the middle of the night and remind you to worship God. It'll allow you to do the things that you know are necessary to please God. God, maybe I didn't do everything right today, but I'm asking you to forgive me and give me a a new mercy in the morning. I'm, I'm expecting new mercy tomorrow morning so that I can do the right thing again. Amen. Don't ever try to defend yourself when you know you're wrong. Amen. Just put that away. God knows he's more interested in forgiving you and giving you another chance than listening to you tell lies about yourself. Amen. Because <laughs> we know we do so much wrong. We just hoping God ain't went to sleep or something and didn't notice what we were doing. Amen. You know, sometimes you live like that. And so we, we, but we correct ourselves. You know, we know what to do. We know the right way to live before God. We know he's not blessing any shabby living either. And so we need to understand that God's mercy gives us chance upon chance upon chance, gives us second and third opportunity, and urges us to keep going. It urges us to keep speaking. It urges us to keep uh, in the in the hunt, in the faith hunt, so that we can receive the things that God has for us. So blind Bartimaeus, instead of being timid, uh, uh, he, he decides to be bold. Amen. And the, the the his last name actually does mean timid. It's Latin for Timaeus means fearful. Amen. But he steps out of fearful today. Amen. He doesn't let the people push him around. Beggars are accustomed to being passive and being submissive and just doing what they're told to do. But faith caused him to bust out of that old pattern. Amen. And step out of that and say, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not taking, this is Jesus who's passing by, and if I don't get his attention, he's gone. I won't get what I'm looking for. Amen? And so he decides he's not going to take no for an answer. And I'm telling you, there's a faith in each and every one of us that refuses to take no for an answer. You may not be using it as, as much as you used to or as faithfully as you used to, but it's still there. And it still is beckoning you to to express your faith. You know, your faith is saying, cry out, express me, tell God about me, tell God what you want. Keep saying it. Don't quit saying it because it's coming. Amen. It's definitely coming. And so here Bartimaeus refuses to shut up. In fact, he got louder. And I think that's a good thing to do when you, you find yourself getting, uh, um, slack or nonchalant or you're a little frustrated and a little angry that you don't have it yet and and just you know I might as well give up give up and do what what's your faith going to do if you give up your faith is not going to die amen your faith is in there shaking you saying girl you better open your mouth what's wrong with you we got stuff to do 
And we're going to do it. I'm not going to let you rest. I'm not going to let you quit. I'm not going to let you give up. We're getting this. Amen. Your faith really takes over and tells you, no, you're not cheating me out of the, the satisfaction of knowing that I accomplished something in your life. Your faith wants to be satisfied, even if you don't. Amen. So your faith will stir you up to continue. And this is what happened with Bartimaeus. He, his faith had to get to a certain point where he didn't expect to be a beggar anymore. See, when you start resisting people, you know how beggars are. They just, they don't argue with people. They just go up to the next one. If somebody says no, they go to the next one and go to the next one, go to the next one. But they're, they're being controlled by people. They've got to please people to get what they want. Bartimaeus broke out of that mold. He said, I don't care about none of y'all people here. The person I need to impress is passing by. Amen. There's only one person whose attention I need to get today, and I'm going to keep hollering until I get his attention. Amen? And so Jesus stood still. That's all you need to know. Your faith makes him stand still, and he listens to you, and he grants to you what it is that you desire. That's all you need is for to to say, to express your faith loud enough, strong enough, consistently enough for him to stand still and let you know you got his attention. And it says, and he called to him. It says, Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man saying to him, be of good comfort, rise, he's calling you. Now a minute ago, they was telling him to shut up. See, God can change the hearts of anybody that you got to deal with in order to get your blessing. He doesn't really care how strong their voice is, how much you've obeyed them in the past, and, and any of that. If you want to break free and get your blessing, he will get your blessing for you. You understand me? He will get that blessing for you without fail. Amen. And so God wants us to know that. You keep calling. You keep pursuing. You keep thanking God. You keep allowing God to see your faith. Just keep showing it to him. God, I'm still believing you. Remember that stuff we talked about three years ago? I'm still believing you. It's still on the table. I still want that. Amen. My children still need to get married. I need to get them settled out. <laughs> I don't want to leave here without them being hooked up permanently amen so let's get to doing jesus what do i need to do now let's let's get on this and allow him to see your faith don't be ashamed of your faith you know so many times we get into these situations or we remember some teaching we heard about something here and something there and and it stifles us expressing to God what we desire. It stifles our faith really more than anything else. And so get get to where you just consider God your friend. Like you could tell him anything. If you're not feeling it today, like you you really are 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 on top of things, let him know that. God here I am back in the doldrums again. I'm gonna try to pump myself up, but I need you to help me. Amen. Holy Ghost, give me some help. Amen. And his mercy will speak to you. It'll speak to you. I, I feel you. <laughs> you know? 
Come on, I got you. We got this. We're going to pull through this. Amen? And so they told him, be of good comfort. In other words, you don't have to be so upset, worked up, and all of that. You know, comfort has come to you. Amen? Mercy and comfort and peace come to you. They're all one word. Amen? So they're saying, you've been asking him to have mercy on you. Mercy has come to you. Be of good comfort. Amen? And he says, Jesus answered him and said, what do you want me to do for you? Amen? Now you would think, blind people, it's obvious. But God needs to see your faith. Because he didn't know what he was calling him for. Because he's always asking for money. He's always got a handout begging. So Jesus wants to know what you want. You want money or you want sight? Amen? You've got to be specific with God. You've got to understand that he needs to know what it is that you need specifically from him. And once you know that he's granted it to you, then you can expect it to come to pass. Amen? And that's all Jesus wants to know from any of us. And the blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go, your faith has made you whole. Amen? And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Now Jesus has specific instructions for him to follow so that he can see. He tells him to go his way. Amen. In other words, you don't have to keep begging. You don't have to keep asking. You don't have to do anything that that you think you might need to do to get me to give this to you. I've already granted it to you. Amen. And that's what he wants us to know. To go your way. Just get up and act like you're healed. Get up and go and do what you know to do. Get up and continue going on the way you've been going on. And your faith is coming to you. Your healing is coming to you because of your faith. See, once your faith is in in motion and it's activated, whatever it is you're believing God for will come to you. You just got to keep acting. If you need to act healed, act healed. If you need to act prosperous, act prosperous. Amen? Go and get your checkbook out. Start writing out some checks that you want to put some more zeros behind them. Amen? You know, you can void them out, but leave them. Sometimes leave them in there and see one day you'll be able to fill them out for real. Amen? Just allow your faith to express itself in the way it needs to express itself. The Holy Spirit will show you. Amen? Sometimes go out. You know, some of you young women that are believing God for husbands, number one, quit sleeping around. And quit shopping. Because you don't know what you're looking for. Am I right, Poppy? They don't buy the, the cow when they can get the milk already. Amen? Then you pay their bills and give them money. And my goodness, what else you going to do? You done done everything but buy the man. You, you see, you can't buy them. Leave them alone. But start getting you some bridal books. <coughs> and cut some of them girls out of them pictures and stick your picture up there. Huh? And lead a man's face blank because you don't know what he looks like yet. Amen? 
I remember, I think it was Bridget, when she was a little teenager, she, Bo Jackson was a hot commodity at the time. She cut Bo Jackson's face out and put it beside hers. They were going into a party somewhere. <laughs> Bo knows, amen. You know, you gotta do some faith operations, amen, to get this, quit sitting on zero and being angry, say, I don't want this. I don't want, he better not be doing so and so and such and such. My goodness, what you doing? Amen. You haven't made a move toward negativity will never get you anything. That faith is, faith is never negative. Amen. Faith doesn't talk about what you don't want. It talks about what you do want. Amen. And just allow God to bless your life. He knows what you need. Amen. Amen. So praise God. Amen. We're done. Amen. Praise God. Father, we thank you for your word and for understanding. Thank you, Lord, for your graciousness and your mercy and grace to help us in time of need. Everything you do is so wonderful for us, Lord. So wonderful. And Father, we want to allow you to uh, just to bless our lives and help us in, in every way that we need to be helped. And so uh, we we're going to receive communion today to, uh, number one, put the past away. Amen. And and we need to go into it. We're always saying this at the new year. It's going to be different. It's going to be, it, it'll be the same if we don't make a determination to turn it around. And so we want the best that God has for us. We want increase this year. We want the prophecies that we've talked about and that we've heard and that we've, uh, that God has given us. We want those things to come to pass for us. Amen. Uh, we want the things that, that, uh, would hinder us shackles to be broken. Uh, there is healing in the communion table. Thank you, Ms. No. There's healing, uh, in the bread and the wine. And because Jesus said that we were to do this in remembrance of him. And what do we want to remember about him? We want to remember his broken body and his shed blood, number one. We want to remember the price that has been paid for us to receive everything that God has. Nothing nothing missing. If there are some things in your life that are broken, that are missing, that have never materialized for you, now is the time to exchange unbelief, fear, and doubt for faith and for confidence and for determination. We want to exchange the brass for the gold. Maybe there are some things in your life, they're okay, but you know there's more and you know God has more for you. Maybe there are some healing, some losses that you've had and you want to, to receive healing for those things, some voids in your life, maybe some empty empty ta- seats at a table or uh, things that, that you want and desire to see restored to you. All of those things can come forth uh, by just receiving what Jesus has done for us. His broken body is for our health and our healing. His, his shed blood is an atonement for our sins and for continual mercy in our lives. We need mercy like never before. We need healing like never before. We need healing every day. We never should go a day without receiving our health and our wholeness from God. See yourself without pills. 
see yourself without limitations. See yourself without anything that you desire because it's already done for us. And I think if there's nothing communion will remind you of is that it's already done. It's already taken place. His body was broken so yours could be whole. Amen. His body was broken so that yours could be whole. Some of us have broken things in our lives. Fragments. Can't seem to pull it all together. You know, you'll be working on something and and you'll get part of it. And then something else comes up missing or something else lacking. That needs to be corrected because Jesus died to make us every whit whole. Not anything in our lives to not be whole. Amen. Everything whole. Amen. Your body whole. Your family's whole. Finances whole. Things that we desire come to us freely. So freely. Father, we receive freedom today. Let the free flow of blessing come to everybody here in Jesus' name. Let the Amos 9, 13 through 15 blessing come to us. Won't be long now. It's imminent. It's upon us, Father. Father, let us step into our mercy shoes every morning and expect great things, good things, phenomenal things, things that cause us to marvel and wonder, Lord. Don't let us wake up thinking what's going to happen today or dreading it because of certain things that we're missing in our lives, Father. Let us wake up in expectation every day. Today is a good day because God is a good God. Today is a blessed day because God is a blessing and he is blessing me. Today is a day of divine health because Jesus bore my sins, carried my sorrows. His body was broken for me. He said, eat in remembrance of me. So take your bread and remember that his body was broken so you could be healed and whole. Not just feeling good on pills, but you could be whole. You can get rid of everything that reminds you of weakness. Amen. I don't know about you, but even though I appreciate that pills are helping me, they do remind me of weakness because I know God has divine health for me. So he says, eat because my body was broken for you. And remember that I was beaten so that you could be made whole in every way. Receive your healing right now in the name of Jesus. Say, Father, I receive my healing. I receive my wholeness. I remember that Jesus' body was broken so that mine could be made whole. Amen. Okay, drink the cup. wine of the testament symbolizing the blood of Jesus that speaks mercy over our lives receive mercy for every need in your life mercy means the way is made already it's an easy way it's not hard it's a way of contentment and peace not strife and anger it's a way of of goodness 
as well as mercy. You have all the faith you need. The Lord is saying, just use it. Express it to me. Tell me how much you believe me. Tell me how much you love me. Tell me that you don't believe in anybody else. You're not trusting in anything else but me. That's faith. Keep your faith locked up between me and you. And I will bless it, says the Lord. I will bless it, says the Lord. I will bless it, says the Lord. I will bless it. Talk to it now and say, pain, leave me forever. Never come back. In Jesus' name. bodies for your walking. Thank you. Thank the Lord for giving you that strength now. Father, I thank you for strengthening my walk so that I could be upright and strong. Your word says, as my days, so shall my strength be. And I am strong in Jesus' name.
everybody got it? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.